Welcome to Namaste Podcast. I'm Katie J, and I'm a mindset mentor, manifestation coach, and meditation guide. I'm here to help you become the best version of yourself so you can live a life of overflowing joy, peace, love, and prosperity. If you're looking to create a life fueled by happiness, driven by joy, and flowing with the abundance of the universe, then you have come to the right place. Because we are all spiritual beings having a human experience, my goal with this podcast is to help you shed any layers of doubt, fear, and suffering that have accumulated in your mind-body so that you can finally experience your most authentic self. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of personal empowerment and high-vibe spiritual growth. I will provide you with stories, tools, and strategies from myself and people just like you. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's begin. On Namaste Podcast today, we have Lauren Zoller. Lauren, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get started with my first question. What is your passion and your work? So I am a CTA certified life management coach, and I'm also a E-R-Y-T yoga instructor. So I teach other yoga instructors how to become yoga instructors. Um, But my main gig is that I work with high achieving individuals to help them find holistic balance in their life. That's awesome. So how did you get started with this work? Where how did that come up in your life? My coaching practice evolved from yoga, but my story started when I was much younger. I grew up as a dancer Um, I've been dancing since I was two years old and my only kind of dream and goal in life when I was young was to dance professionally. And so I went to a performing arts high school and then furthered my career by going to a performing arts university. And I was injured pretty badly my sophomore year in college. And that injury took me out completely to the point where I wasn't able to dance anymore. And that space of not being able to move my body kind of led me into this really deep, dark depression that I was not ready for at that time in my life. And I didn't know this at the time, but my dance career had really defined who I was as a person. And when that was stripped away from me, I really had no sense of identity outside of that dance career. So from this really dark deep place, I started to kind of spiral into a lot of things that people spiral into when they lose their sense of identity. I started to do drugs and started drinking a lot and hanging out with a lot of toxic people, had a lot of toxic relationships in my life and um, became this person that I just didn't recognize anymore. And I woke up one day, I remember it vividly, I woke up one day and looked in the mirror and thought to myself, like, who is this person? I have no idea who this person is. And from that space, I knew that I needed help. And I knew that I needed to get help quick, or I was going to continue to spiral downward. And so I did what most people do. I went to therapy and started seeing a therapist um, pretty regularly. 
And my therapist was fantastic. She was great in helping me figure out why I was in the place that I was in and what had happened in my past to get me there. But I was still missing this this vital piece of who I was and what I had to offer to the world. And one day I was walking out of my therapist's office and I stumbled upon, it was actually the the place that I stumbled upon was right outside of my therapist's office, but I was walking to my car and I saw this sign that said, breathe, come inside. And I have no idea what compelled me to go inside of this space other than that sign, but I walked in the door and it happened to be a yoga studio after leaving therapy and I wasn't even dressed to take yoga. And I went to the front desk and the lady was like, hi, welcome. Um, <laughs> are you here to take class? And I'm like, I honestly have no idea what this is. I just saw the sign that said, breathe, come inside. And that was my first yoga experience. I actually took my first yoga class that day, leaving my therapist's office. And I don't know what happened that day, but I remember, I vividly remember walking out of that class feeling like there had been some sort of a shift that I could breathe again, like the weight of the world had been lifted. And so I made the vow to myself to continue to show up, to just show up on my mat and allow the practice to work. And so, you know, rewind two years after that, I had made the vow to practice every single day and yoga became what healed me and got me off of my depression medication. It got me off of my anti-anxiety meds. And I felt this sense of, I, I knew who I was as a human and I knew that I had something that I needed to share with the world. So that space of being able, yoga really did heal me and I wanted to be able to share that same healing with others. And so I decided to go back and get my yoga teacher certification. And I started to teach others um, the same healing methods that healed me. And I started to notice that a lot of my students, once I started to teach regularly, were having the same struggles that I was having. And I felt like it was out of my scope of practice to take them deeper into the questions they needed to ask themselves off of the mat to have these, you know, big life-changing moments. And I started to search again for, you know, the answers to how I could better guide them. And I had someone recommend that I go see a life coach to figure out these questions that I had for myself to figure out the answers to them. And so I started seeing a life coach and I had so many breakthroughs with my life coach that I, again, was like, I need to do this. I need to add this so that I can help my students when they come to me after class or before class, I can help guide them to that space of being able to find what their purpose is and to be able to deal with what they're going through. So I went back and got my life coach um, certification and went through my training. And now I combine both yoga and coaching in my practice to help people find balance in their lives, but also to figure out what their deep purpose is and the reason that they're here. So that's a little bit about how, I know that's kind of the, the long, short story, but that's a little bit about how I got to where I am today. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I actually was introduced to life coaching through yoga as well. I had never heard of it before. Where did, where did you say your certification is from? I was certified through Coach Training Alliance. So they actually have a yoga to life program. I did not, at the time, I did not go through the yoga to life program. Um, they actually just released it, I think like 
three years ago, but I went through their regular just coach training and they're an ICF certified school. So in the world of coaching, there's a lot of people that label themselves as life coaches, but they haven't actually gone through an international coaching federation certified program. So CTA is an ICF certified school. And um, I think I completed it. Gosh, it's been five years since I went through the program, but it's a great school. That's awesome. So what are some common misconceptions that come up within your industry or within your work? Um, So I guess the big one would be, well, what's the difference between a life coach and a therapist? And that's one that, that comes up all the time. Why, why would I see a coach if I am seeing a therapist? And there's such a difference between coaching and therapy. And I tell my clients this all the time. I usually, you know, refer a lot of my clients to therapists as well as seeing me as a coach. And therapists work very heavily in the past. They want to know what happened in the past to get you to where you are today. And coaches are really focused on forward progress and getting you to meet your goals. So I work as a coach from present to future. So if you think of the role that a therapist fills, a therapist really works from past to present and coaches work heavily in present to future. So it's great to have both a therapist and a coach when you're trying to work through things in your life because it's always good to know where you came from and why things continue to arise in your life, but then also have a coach to get you from that space of, okay, here's where you are in the present. Here are the goals that you want to meet. How can we get you from stuck to unstuck so that you can have forward progress? So I would say that's the biggest misconception in coaching um, is that whole people don't understand the difference between therapy and coaching. So that would be the big one. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's... I've, I've actually noticed that as well too, because I feel like a lot of people, and I was just speaking about this with someone get stuck in the mindset of like, there should just be one fix for whatever it is mm-hmm. that I'm dealing with. And that's just simply not how it works. <laughs> yeah. It's so different for every person. And depending on what it is that you're going through, I mean, there are some people where therapy is so powerful and they need that. They really need to sort through stuff that they've been holding on to for so long, but there's also people that have kind of worked through that space and they just need accountability to get them to where they need to go. So it's always a different roadmap depending on the person. Absolutely. So who would you say is your ideal client? My ideal client is, like I said previously, a high achiever. So someone who has worked to to have high success in their life, but is, has worked so hard to have that success that they have almost forgotten about the rest of their life in the progress or in the process. So a lot of, I work with a lot of VPs and executives actually have a lot of clients that are professional athletes, the people that are very, you know, forward moving in their career and they have had great success but the rest of their life has kind of taken a back seat and they just need a check-in to get their life up to par with their success. That's kind of who I work with, but that doesn't mean that I don't have other people in my practice that aren't that way, that aren't working towards that success. It's always good. Even if you have, you know, big dreams to make success happen in your life, it's always good that you continue to keep your life in check in regards to your relationship 
you know, with your health and with the other people in your life. It's good to keep that in check as you start to rise to the success that you want to make for yourself. So I would say that it's, it's both ways. It's kind of there. I have clients that were trying to prevent the damage from happening. And then I also have clients in my practice where the damage has already happened and we kind of need to, to work backwards to get them back to a healthy space. What would you say is, is your preference? Do you prefer to work with someone one-on-one or do you have courses and, or, you know, kind of like a pre-recorded thing for someone to watch? Yeah, I prefer to work with clients one-on-one. Um, I'm in the process of working through a mastermind right now. I just, I feel as though coaching is very, it's specific to the person. So depending on my client, there's no one size fits all when it comes to coaching because it is everybody's going through something so different. I can have a client that's really struggling in, you know, the relationship portion of their life. Whereas I have another client who's really struggling in their health and maintaining a, and whereas the problems can still be the same, like the underlying stories can still be the same. It's a different approach to the questioning that goes around how to get someone to process whatever it is they're going through to get to a goal. So I prefer to work one-on-one. I think that that's where the greatest change can happen. But sometimes, you know, that takes a little more time and it's, it's not financially feasible for someone to have that one-on-one coaching. So it really depends. There is power. I believe that there's power in a group and hearing what other people are going through and relating to that. So I think I, I love both. I would say I probably lean, I favor more one-on-one coaching, but I also love seeing change through people sharing what it is they're going through. Yeah. And I bet that that's, is that draining for you at all? Like how do you practice self-care when you're giving so much to, to individuals or to groups? That's so funny that you asked that. I feel like I talk about this. This is actually, I have a podcast as well and I speak all about this on my podcast, but yeah, it is. It's definitely draining. Um, and you have to, what I have to do for myself is set really clear boundaries around taking like scheduling time for self-care and making sure that I'm not taking on too much. And sometimes I feel at that, like I'm human. Um, sometimes I over, I'm actually getting over some sort of crazy sickness. And I, I know that it's because I, you know, drove myself into the ground for two weeks and didn't practice self-care. So it's a reminder of how important it is to me. But I do, I schedule downtime. Each month I have a full day in my calendar that I set aside for 100% self-care. Um, and I don't schedule that day. I don't actually put anything on the calendar for that day. I just block out the day. And then depending on what it is that I need that day, I'll, I'll do that for myself. So if I need to, you know, go get a facial and go get a massage and go get a pedicure, I'll do that that day. Or if I need to not get out of bed and just read in bed until, you know, noon and then get up and do whatever it is I want to do that day, go for a hike, I at least have that time blocked out to where I get to do what I want to do to refill my cup on that day. And then there's also boundaries around, you know, making sure that my schedule is blocked out to where I'm not taking on six clients in a row and expending all of that energy and not giving myself time to go to a yoga class or, um, you know, talk to my coach because I have a coach as well. So yeah, there's definite boundaries around that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned reading in bed, so I'm curious as to what it is you're currently reading right now. So currently right now, I am reading It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work, which is um, talks all about, you know, how we are an overworked society. <laughs> the two guys that started Basecamp, which is a CRM system, they co-wrote a book together. Um, and it's, a, it's great. It talks all about how, you know, they only work 30, hour, 30 hours a week. They only allow their employees to work 30 hours a week. And what doesn't get done by Friday at 5 p.m. is not going to be touched until Monday at 9 a.m. So it's a, great, it's a great read if you're looking to find balance in the workplace and also take care of yourself in the process. Um, so that's what I'm reading right now. Another book that I read over and over again is The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. And it's a great, I kind of consider this my Bible, actually. Um, it's, if you don't know Gabby Bernstein and you haven't followed her, she's fantastic. Please check her out. But she talks all about how in life we really have two options. We can either choose love or we can choose fear in every single situation. And she just talks about how you can trust in, in having everything happening for you, not to you, and how you always have the choice to choose love over fear. So it's a great book, and it's a book that I visit frequently. So those are the two. That one is always on my rotation. I probably read it three times a year, which is crazy. <laughs> I don't that's know okay. if you have a book that's like that. Actually, I do have a book like that. Um, the Alchemist is is my book. Mm, that's a good book. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's all about really the metaphors. <laughs> yes, for sure. I always gift all of my clients the universe has your back. It's just such a good, that's a really good book. But Gabby Bernstein is, I just think that she's a fantastic spiritual leader in our generation right now. And, you know, she follows a lot of the work of Wayne Dyer and, um, I was a huge Wayne Dyer fan, so she's great. Yeah, thank you for recommending that. You first came across my radar. I reposted you on a community account that I was running at the time called Women Wander Well, and I think I actually changed it to Women Who Manifest, and, I, and you came across my um, my feed at that point, and you were, I think the post that I reposted was, you were talking about going to your younger brother's wedding and what mm -hmm. that meant for you and kind of your, uh, you know, how that might've meant something different a few years back. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah. I mean, so I am 30 and I'm single, not married. Um, so kind of the preface of that entire post was my brother was married. He's two years younger than me and he was married this past year. And there was so much anticipation around, the wedding and so many people asking me if I was going to be okay, which blew my mind. Um, and I really boiled it down to the day came and the day went and it was one of the happiest days of my life. Like it was a fantastic day and it was so amazing to see them so in love and to be around my family and to see everybody celebrating them. And there was no, when the actual day came, even though I was asked all of these questions about, oh, are you going to be okay? You're 30 years old. You're not dating. You're not in a serious relationship. You're not engaged. You know, how does that make you feel? There was so much pressure around it. And then when the day actually came, I, there was no pressure. I was just in this state of happiness and joy. And the whole situation taught me that 
you know, I have control over my happiness at every single waking moment of my life. I have control over that. And that, you know, five years ago, I was not in that space. I was really in the space of, oh my gosh, you know, looking at my time clock and it's ticking and I'm supposed to have children. I'm supposed to be engaged and married. And I was in this constant state of unhappiness, but I was choosing to be there. And I think that we as a society put so much pressure on people to live to a certain timeline. And the truth is that you get to create your own happiness at all times. And if you are not happy, then that's a byproduct of you not allowing yourself to be there. So really happiness is a manifestation of whatever it is that you want in your life. And I was able to feel happiness on that day and really be happy because I was coming from that space of, you know, I feel as though I'm a very, my career has been important to me and helping others and healing others has been important to me. And so that is where my happiness lies. And so happiness can look different for every single person depending on where you are in your life. And that's not to say that if you're married with children, that that doesn't, that's, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't be happy. That's happiness too, as it's defined by you. So I really think that that whole situation and having that pressure around him getting married and him being two years younger than me and everybody kind of putting that pressure on me was just a wake up call that, We've got to quit doing that, first off, as a society. But second off, we need to realize and take ownership of the fact that happiness is something that we create for ourselves. Like, it's not dependent on anyone else but yourself. And that was kind of the biggest takeaway, that I was able to manifest happiness because it's what I wanted for myself. And I put that out there and it, you know, manifested itself. It really came to be. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, when I, my older brother got married uh, last year and I was a bridesmaid and I got the same questions. Like one of the groomsmen yeah. was like, why aren't you in a relationship? And I was like, what do you, how do you even respond to that? <laughs> it like, blows my mind that people, people actually, and I, you know, they do it. They don't think about it before they say it. Right. I guess you know, but it's, we don't, we need to quit that conversation. Like it's not an okay thing to have. It's the same thing as asking a married couple when they're going to have children. Right. You know, your business. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Take care of yourself. Yeah, exactly. So where do you see yourself in 10 years, Lauren? Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) I'm not used to people asking me this question. (laughs) I, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. I know that um, I want to write a book. So that's happening hopefully within the next five years. And I want to continue to share my message and, and heal as much as possible. And I'd love to be doing that on a global scale and touching as many people as possible and really speaking about it and, and being in front of people that need to hear it. Because I feel like there's so many people out there that need to, to know that you know, they have the power to create whatever reality it is that they want to create for themselves. So I would say, you know, I, I feel like I have, you know, maternal instincts. So maybe <laughs> I would like to have children and be in a loving relationship and, and sharing my message and have a book and be living the life that I, I want to live, traveling, 
um, is important to me as well. So being able to see the world. So that's really where I see myself in t- 10 years, just doing what I'm doing now because I absolutely love what I do now, just on a greater scale and impacting more people with maybe some some little ones running around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How are you, because I'm, I'm asking this because I too want to write a book within the next few years. Are you, how are you going about doing that? Because I have all these ideas flooding through my head and I'm wondering if I should get like someone to help me or like a, I don't know, like, what are you, how do you go about, how are you going about making, manifesting that? So I, a couple things, I have two dear friends who have written books who have given me a lot of advice on kind of how to, they've given me what's worked for them and what hasn't. So I'm kind of taking what lands and leaving the rest in that regard. Um, but I'm also planning, once I get serious about it, um, there are coaches out there who specifically just work on helping you write a book. So I do plan on hiring a coach. Once I get once my outline is done, um, I will hire someone to help me kind of formulate that and give, hold me accountable to hitting deadlines because I think that's so important when writing a book. If you want to get it done, you have someone hold you accountable to getting it done which is what coaches are so great at doing. Um, but right now I've just been picking my friends' brains and, you know, finding out what lands for them and what doesn't. One of them did write a nonfiction book and the other one fiction. So that's been great too, to kind of talk to two people who have written books in different realms and how they went about it. But yeah, I think it's just getting, it's getting curious about what you want it to look like. And then I think there's so much pressure that has to be done a certain way. And really, it's just what works for you. I'm actually coaching one of my clients through writing a book right now. And it's just kind of been, you know, from talking to people that I've spoken with before about how to do it, we've kind of formulated a plan that works for her in regards to the way that she works. So a lot of mind mapping, a lot of outlining, a lot of, you know, just free writing. And then at some point when it's out of my you know, when it's out of my wheelhouse, we'll hand it off to an editor or someone to, to kind of look at it and, and make sense of it. So I think you just have to kind of research what works for you and, and go about it that way and hire a coach. Yeah, I think that's, that, that's the that's key right the there. Yeah, getting an accountability yeah. factor in there. Right, so, it for any, any, big, any big change you want to make in your life, accountability helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I actually had an accountability partner at the beginning of the year and then we both kind of like fell off because things got busy (laughs) completely (laughs) defeats the purpose of having an accountability partner but a coach is a good idea I know (laughs) a coach is a good idea because they're gonna make sure it's their job to make sure that you hit your goal so it's a little different and that's the difference between the accountability partner and a coach right (laughs) absolutely so what is currently occupying most of your time I would say currently I am creating a program that a mastermind program, which I spoke about earlier that I want to make sure I'm giving. So there's a lot of clients that can't afford to work with me one-on-one. And so I, but I still want to be able to help those people that need it. So my mastermind program is kind of taking what I do with clients one-on-one and making it accessible to a group in a small setting. So I've been working on that. That's been taking quite a bit of time. And then um, just working with clients one-on-one and, and making sure that 
their needs are met. I try to keep my practice pretty small. So I only allow myself to onboard a small amount of clients per month just so that I can devote, you know, the attention that they need. So I would say that that's occupying most of my time. Um, other than that, just traveling and, and taking care of myself. And I have two more questions for you. My first one is about your website because it's so freaking beautiful and amazing. Oh, thank you. And I'm just wondering who you, did you design it? Did you get someone else to design it? How did you make it that awesome? Yeah. So I'm so glad you asked this because I have a rock star website designer. Her name's Elizabeth and she, her company is Speak Social. I think that's the name of it. She may have changed it. Um, I'll share it. I'll send it to you and you can put it in the show notes. Perfect. She rocks. She's amazing. She worked I've, I've interviewed probably 15 web designers when I went to do my website and she was the only one who said, okay, I want to know who you are. Tell me all about you. And then I want to design something that mimics your personality, which none of the website designers that I interviewed did. Everyone else was like, okay, what do you want? Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. So Elizabeth was fantastic in getting to know me and getting to know my personality and what I liked and what I disliked and who I was and what my message was. And she designed the entire thing Wow! from just that conversation. So um, I highly, highly recommend her. She works very heavily in the coaching arena and the, she's also like really big into, you know, self-improvement and, and self-care. So she kind of works with a lot of coaches and influencers and, you know, yoga instructors. So she's fantastic. And I'll send you her information because um, you should definitely check her out. She has, she's a little expensive, but she had, she just released templates that you can purchase from her that are just like drag and drop templates. Mm. So yeah. So if you can't afford for her to design your entire website, on the front end, you can just purchase one of her templates, which I think are like a hundred bucks and you can drag and drop all of your stuff into it. It's super easy. On WordPress or? She does it through Show It. Show It. Okay. So Show It is the, the website and design system. And it's, I mean, I was using, I've used WordPress and Wix and um, Show It is just as easy mm. as those two, if not easier. Okay. So it's a pretty easy platform to learn. Nice. Yeah. I have, I currently have WordPress for my podcast website and it's just so freaking clunky. <laughs> I have such a hard time it's with a it. Beast. Yeah. yeah. It's a WordPress is a beast. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, cool. So my last question is just what does namaste mean to you, Lauren? Mm. So I think that I, you know, I had actually a conversation about this, um, about a month or so ago when I was speaking to a bunch of yoga instructors, because we hear so much that namaste means like, you know, the light in me honors the light in you, but a lot of times that doesn't resonate with people. And so to me, namaste just means acknowledging someone else's presence and someone else's energy and being grateful for being able to step into that space and just acknowledging that that person is human and that that energy is there. So it's just me acknowledging your existence and hoping in the same way that you are acknowledging mine and being in that union with you. Um, I think it's so funny too with namaste. And I know, you know, you probably 
run into this as well. But when you say it at the end of a yoga class, there are people that won't, they think it's this like crazy word. (laughs) That means that they're like, worshiping Satan or something if people don't know it and it's their first yoga class and I'm like no it literally just means like hey awesome practice I acknowledge you like thank you for showing up Mm -hmm. so that's what namaste means to me is thank you for showing up like thank you for for bringing your energy into the space and just for being here and and doing the healing work not only for yourself but for the other people that you shared your energy with that day so that's what namaste means to me Yeah, absolutely. When I even, I didn't even know what it meant through yoga teacher training. I even asked during yoga teacher training, how long are we supposed to keep our head down in the namaste bow? Like I thought it was like just a ritual or something. And, you know, I'm glad that you explained it that way because a lot of people do not understand myself included for a while. Yeah, it it just becomes this like, I mean, it's so funny to me when I, I really try to break it down which I, I mean, there's really no breaking down namaste when you're in a class, but I'll say it and I'll have one person say it back. And I'm like, Hey guys, like, it's just kind of like saying, Hey, like, Hey, I acknowledge you. What's up? That's all it means. Right. Right. (laughs) So, so yeah, that's what it means. And that's really funny that you have had that experience too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Lauren. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. It was fun. If you enjoyed this episode of Namaste Podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you took a screenshot of you listening to the podcast on your phone and added it to your Instagram story. Tag at Namaste Podcast and help us spread love and light all over this world. As always, head on over to namastepodcast.com for donation-based meditations to explore my courses and coaching programs and to view episode summaries. Also, if you think the world needs more good energy like what you heard today, please rate and review this podcast on your app of choice. Five stars means you loved it and writing a short review means you double loved it. Thanks for stopping by today. I'll see you next time. Namaste. This episode is brought to you by Self Love Stones. These simple yet beautiful stone necklaces are handcrafted by moms, so you know there's tons of love going into these necklaces. New stones come out every month, and if you use the code NAMASTE in all lowercase at checkout, you will get 10% off of your order and you will help support this podcast in the process. Check them out on Instagram at selflovestones and online at selflovestones.com.